Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and it's an important time in the college football season as we get closer and closer to bowl season. The college football playoff rankings are out once again. LSU is at the top, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Georgia at 4, and Alabama, Chris, remains at number 5 despite the loss of quarterback Tua Tunga-Vailoa for the remainder of the season. By far, this is the biggest story in college football right now. It is, and, you know, so the storyline of the week of is that's going to be asked, and, you know, is, all right, well, Alabama's fine. What does it mean? They're going to get in and not going to get in. What, uh, here, here's what I think. I, while people are very cynical and think that it's all pre-planned, I, I don't buy that. I think this is pretty simple yet complicated and here's what I mean by obviously Alabama's changed the perception of how I see them as a team is quite a bit different without Tua than with it but not this week against Western Carolina but against Auburn against one of the best defenses in the country their play will determine an awful lot they if they can move the football score points against Auburn and then they are impressive in doing so it will make a positive statement to to their you know um, efforts to to convince the committee that they're one of the four best. I I do think something is interesting. I want people to remember this. The committee chairman said tonight in its take of why Penn State is ranked higher than Minnesota, even though Minnesota beat them head to head, because there was a common opponent. And Penn State won at Iowa while Minnesota lost at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Boy, that just turns, sounds an awful lot like, uh, well, Alabama beat Auburn, uh, Auburn well, beat Oregon. Auburn did it, yep. You okay. know, so mm-hmm. if that happens, let's see. But what if they don't play very well against Auburn? First of all, I don't know that they're going to beat Auburn. I mean, that's very debatable. But that will be determined. It also is going to determine – what does Oregon and Utah look like? I mean, I mean, there's, I think they're on a path and I don't think they're going to stumble, but if, if Oregon or Utah decisively beats one another, that'll be a statement and they'll have a conference championship game. So the committee's mission, if it comes down to deciding between Alabama and the PAC 12 champion, then they're supposed to say the non-conference champion is unequivocally better. So, I mean, everyone wants to decide it now, Scott. Today, is the Alabama unequivocally better? I would say no. I don't even know if they're as good. But what if the film shows, the game shows that they are better? What if they beat Auburn decisively? All those things yet to be determined. What if Oregon or Utah doesn't look all that good? All this stuff matters. So I think that's going to ultimately determine. So while you got the Alabama folks that think that everybody's against them and you know everybody else that thinks that, everybody's in favor of Alabama. And, you know, I I really believe it's going to come down to that. And that's going to be the pivotal thing. If Georgia beats A&M and beats Georgia Tech, and I expect that they will, and beats LSU, then I think you're looking at LSU and Georgia in. 
and then I think the Pac-12 is out and certainly Alabama's out. Um, but there's still a possibility. I don't think Penn State or Minnesota is going to win out. But if one of them do, they mm-hmm. are certainly in a position to be carried, compared up against, say, an LSU or an Ohio State because under that scenario, a Penn State or a Minnesota would have beaten Ohio State. I don't think that's happening, but still a lot of football left to be played. But if you were going to put the percentages, I think that the percentages is that Ohio State will win out. And by the way, Ohio State's going to move to number one as early as next week, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, if not, then they got Penn State, then they got Michigan. They're going to be, if they win those two games, number one. I can tell you, they look like the best team on film to me. Clemson looked like the second best on team, uh, team on film. Ohio State will move to one if they win out, and maybe again as early as next week. If Clemson wins out, their resume is not good, but they look good and their unbeaten record's going to carry weight and they're going to be in. And in that case, then an LSU wins out, then it, it, it it's going to be only a matter of if Georgia wins, LSU and Georgia are in. If, if LSU wins, Georgia's out. And then it's between Alabama and the winning the Pac-12 champion. What I got out of tonight is Big 12's in a, in a world of hurt. They're yeah. out right now. And unless chaos ensues, meaning, you know, certainly Penn State, Minnesota can lose and likely will. So Oklahoma's going to move up. They're going to be right behind Oregon and Utah next week when we talk, I think. That's where well, they're going to be. And that's the question. Can Oklahoma do enough with its remaining schedule and then the Big 12 title game? Maybe it's a rematch against Baylor. We don't know. Can they do enough? to put themselves in that debate for the fourth spot. And that was as impressive of a comeback as you're going to find it. Look, that was the same thing that the Patriots did in the Super Bowl against the the, the Falcons, right? 28 to three. Uh, they stormed back. Do you realize that it's the first time that a team has come back from that much down to win a game in the, in the regular season? It's never happened before. That was a no. historic comeback against Baylor. No, it was. And to answer your question, I don't think they can. I think – that the Pac-12 is going to have to play its way out of it. Oregon, Utah, maybe struggle and play one another, not real impressive. And Oklahoma goes on a run, which, by the way, I thought they'd blow out Baylor. So they did it in the second half. First half, they were, as you said, kind of blown out themselves. So if Oklahoma blows everybody out and then Oregon and Utah look like they're – you know, lagging in, maybe they have some key injuries, then, then maybe, then, then maybe that's the only scenario right now. Um, I don't think they can. I don't, I don't, I think they're, they're, the rankings are clearly saying that Oregon and Utah better. They're six and seven. So what it's saying is six is going to beat seven or seven is going to beat six or, you know, unless they move up a little bit higher. So we're talking, that's going to be a very good win. The best win that Oklahoma is going to have is to beat Baylor again. Is that Mm -hmm. 14? Just, I mean, they're going to get a little bit of a bump in that, that Oklahoma state game is at least something. They they're now provided Oklahoma state doesn't stub their toe this week. They could beat a ranked team, but nothing. The resume look won't be as good. And quite frankly, when you look at Oklahoma, they look at game control. It's impressive in the second half. That first half wasn't real impressive. 
And so, I mean, if you look at Oklahoma as it compares to Utah or Oregon or even Alabama or Georgia or Clemson, Ohio State, they don't they don't look as good. So I don't think they measure up resume-wise or eye test-wise. That said, if chaos ensues in front of them, they could be sitting there. I, I don't really like their chances, though, and I certainly don't like Baylor's chances either. I think the Big 12, by virtue of the fact that the conference doesn't hold up in in the, the, the Oklahoma's presence with the loss uh, and the fact that, look, I mean, they they haven't been they weren't real impressive against Iowa State. I mean, they've had some games that they've looked like they've struggled and then they lost to Kansas State, uh, who's not even ranked now, I, I think is going to hurt Oklahoma. Let's go back to Alabama here for a minute here, Chris. Uh, they have a basic bye week this week. You know, they're not going to lose this game. Uh, so it basically gives Mac Jones a chance to to play, run the offense. They get their confidence. They, re, they, they get ready for that Auburn game. Can Mac take this team into Jordan-Hare and come away with a convincing enough victory to show the committee they deserve to be in the playoff even without Tua? I don't think so. But that is the question that they need to answer in the affirmative. And if they do, they can make that statement and they can make that claim, which is why for people that want to say, oh, the committee wants this, they want that. No, I mean, I, I think they want somebody to separate. I, I While I don't really like how the committee does certain things, I, I don't question their integrity. I, I think that that's what has to happen for Alabama to have a chance because I, I don't. I look at this Alabama team as a team that is not the dominant defense of the past, not the dominant running game of the past. So it's built around a passing game and the passing game is built around the quarterback and the quarterback's no longer there. So if Mac Jones, as I said, against Auburn, and that's the question you answer, and I don't have the answer. I I would say to you, I don't think they, 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 I, I don't think it's likely that they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. Look, I mean, Auburn couldn't put up a lot of points. LSU couldn't put up a lot of points against that Auburn defense. I mean, do I think Alabama with Mac Jones is going in and is going to just line up and go 38 points on, on Auburn's defense? I don't think so. I mean, LSU can't do it. I know mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia doesn't score a lot of points. LSU does. Go back and look at the score of that game. Go back and look at the, the film of that LSU-Auburn game. That game was a struggle for LSU. I mean, they got it done, but, you know, offensively where no one is slowing down, I don't know that Alabama can beat Auburn, period, by one point um, with Mac Jones. If wow. they're able to do it, however, and they do it impressively, then I think it's a statement that they that we need to all look at. I, I really do. But if they struggle – and, you know, because Auburn is one of those teams that can't get much done offensively. And if it ends up being a 17-13 game win for Alabama, Scott, then what do you do? I mean, you're looking at Alabama. They got the win, you know, but you wonder about their offense. You have to look at it. Or at that point, after having looked at them there and then having to look at Oregon and Utah and what watch them play in their conference championship game the following week, then you're going to have to say, okay, who looks better? Okay. And if you feel like, you know what? I think Alabama is better. Okay. Then the answer is, are they appreciably better? 
And I'm not sure about it. Well, then if it's not appreciably better, by rule, they're supposed to take the conference champion. So I couldn't tell you right now that I'd like Alabama's chances against Oregon or Utah um, with Mac Jones. If Mac Jones, and he's only got, you're right, he's only got the one game to really prove it. What he did against Arkansas is one thing. What he's going to do against Western Carolina is another thing. What's going to matter, it's going to come down to Auburn and how well they play it and how well he plays it because that's what they're going to be looking at because that's what makes that team go. And if he's not as explosive or is able to provide them the same type of dynamics, I don't think they're going to be thought of as appreciably better. But there again, you can't look at it strictly in the box. What if Oregon and Utah stopped their time? I mean, there's, there's a lot of other questions that have to happen. But I was saying right now, based upon what I've seen, I think Oregon and Utah are going to handle their business, and I have more confidence in one of them right now than I even have of Alabama beating Auburn. Well, but if Alabama's the, able to do it, who knows? Yeah, we know the story with those two teams, right? If, if Oregon wins the Pac-12, their only loss is on a neutral field to an Auburn team in the final seconds of the game, right? A Bo Nix, not, not a Hail Mary, but a final throw. That's mm-hmm. the only reason. That's the only thing keeping them from being undefeated and having the, the, the legit argument to get into the college football playoff, even though they will have a legit argument. But if they're undefeated, it's a different story. I think you and I are on the same page. I think Utah's a better football team. I think Utah beats Oregon in that Pac-12 title game. Uh, I actually think that Utah would actually beat them convincingly. That's how high I am on this Utah team. The fact that USC can beat UCLA, finish the year 8-4, and four, they're currently ranked number 23. Yep. Maybe they're ranked 21 next week, maybe 20, depending on what happens with the teams above them. Does Utah's resume then give them enough to have a legit fight for that number four spot? Let's say it is a convincing win over Oregon. And now you look at that only loss. It's not to a bad USC team. It's to an eight and four USC team. That's actually ranked in the top Mm -hmm. 20. And it was without their best player, their MVP, Zach Moss. I just think that that loss is not as bad as it seemed a couple of weeks ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's a better looking loss than it did a few weeks ago. And it's a better win for Oregon because they beat USC. So it helps the resume of the PAC 12 and particularly as it uh, currently refers to Oregon and Utah and Alabama's schedule is not played out very well. Their best win would be against Auburn and under this scenario for them to be in it. So no, I don't I don't think I, I think if you look at the overall strength of schedule and the numbers, maybe Alabama's maybe a little bit better, maybe, maybe not, not appreciably. I think it closes the gap and it makes it a debatable thing. Then you throw in the fact that one of those two teams are gonna win the conference championship, a game in which Alabama's not in. And again, here's what it comes down to. I'll say it for the third time. How does yeah. if if you think Alabama's better? How convinced are you? You have to be, it's it's in the term, unequivocally better. Like, there's really no doubt. Right now, there's a lot of doubt. Now, we can have that conversation, all of us can, about how clear. And it can't be, well, I know Alabama better. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can't be, you can't have your head in the sand or or your head somewhere else. And, you know, you got to know about these teams. And, 
I don't think this Alabama team is unequivocally better than anybody. And I'm talking of the, the top teams in the country. I, I don't. I, I don't think they are. And I don't know that they can do anything to make me believe they're unequivocally better. Now, they go out and put a butt whipping on Auburn. I mean, literally, like put 35, 38 points on them and win like 38, 10, which I just can't see that at all. But if they do something like that, then we're coming on and I'm having a conversation. Whoa. And that might be enough to do it. But that's where I think it is, Scott. I think that's what has to happen for Alabama. I think they're going to have to just really put a pounding on Auburn, make a big-time statement to basically say, you're going to put Oregon in? Is Alabama team now with their backup quarterback just went out and put a whipping on Auburn, and I realize it was early in the year, but that Auburn team beat Oregon, and let's see, Oregon win. You know, at that point, probably looking at, you know, particularly the coaches in that room saying, nah, at Alabama talent, and that, you know, they're, they're looking at it differently. And, and so there's some right now that are thinking that Alabama's poised to jump right in. But then there are other people that, you know, are going to be frustrated like Alabama fans if they get jumped because yeah, of course. their eyes, because they're thinking they're five. So you know what they're thinking, right? Georgia loses, Somebody loses, we're in. We're in. Yep, Georgia yep. loses, we're in, baby. Uh-huh. It's us. And then like, what happened? There's no way Oregon's <laughs> better than that. You, you know, I think that's that's the debate. That's what's shaping up as the debate. And, you know, there's still other possibilities, folks, but realistic ones, you know, we're going to know more. I mean, every week we're going to know more. Ohio State, Penn State's going to tell us something. Minnesota, Wisconsin's going to tell us something. And likely, I think, going to eliminate the rest of the Big Ten, not name Ohio State. And, you know, it's going to clear this up. But that's how it's looking. It's looking like Georgia, Alabama, or the Pac-12 champion is where the race is for one yeah. of those spots. And by the way, I, I, I've always, I've already looked at it. People have asked me this. If Georgia does beat LSU, what's going to happen is, is LSU would end up at the four seed against Ohio State, and then would be Clemson and Georgia. If LSU were to to beat um, uh, Georgia, then, then and somehow Alabama got in, then what would happen is Ohio State would still be one. You would have LSU and Clemson, and Ohio State would play Alabama. They would not. I'm telling you, they would gerrymander it enough to to wear that <laughs> LSU and Alabama or LSU and Georgia wouldn't play in the semifinals. Yeah, and you, uh, and you I, could and, you, and you could that. just you could justify that in terms of seating as well. But I've already been asked that as to how that might play out. I, I, I. That's how I seeing it it playing out in in both of those scenarios. Let's talk about the games this week, and we'll we'll stick in the SEC because LSU, Chris is a 44-point favorite against Arkansas. I've never seen it. I don't know if you've ever seen it. That is probably the highest spread in an SEC conference game that there has ever been. And it's not just about how good LSU has been. It's about how bad Arkansas is. Do you believe the dish? It's not disrespect. It's just it is what it is. The fact that an SEC conference game has a spread of 44 points? 
Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, I don't give betting advice, but I don't know that I see that spread being covered. I, I see a couple of things. I see an Arkansas team with Barry Lenny that's got nothing to lose. So whatever their best is, and it's not very good, they're, they're going to give it in terms of effort. Um, I think Joe Burrow's not going to allow the team to have a lull. I think they'll score enough points and put, you know, who knows, maybe they will cover it. But Well, I'll, um, tell, you what, I'll tell you what else might happen is the Tua injury might scare people. And if LSU is up big, Joe Burrow ain't playing in the second half or well, in the fourth I'm quarter. I'm going to tell you, it's one of my frustrations that I have and we'll get into the Tua situation, I'm sure, in a bit. But I got to tell you, um, and, and I, I've been there, and I know you never are comfortable that the game is out of reach. But in college, I got to tell you, seeing Justin Fields in these games, Joe Burrow in these games late. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. Well, but Jalen Hurts needed to be in the game because he yeah. had to come back. You yeah. know, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about big leads. Oh, okay. Justin Herbert. I mean, my God, what is Justin Herbert doing in the game? And you got the game. It's three minutes left in the game. And uh, get um, out of the game. I mean, you need to get your young quarterback reps to begin with. But, my God, the Tua situation just ought to scare the bejesus out of you. I don't know that it's going to matter. But here's the the thing that I don't know that Arkansas is going to certainly doesn't look like they're capable of taking advantage of this. But I got to tell you, this, this LSU defense has got real problems. Against Power 5 teams this year, they've given up 450 yards a game. That's wow. 82nd in the country. Wow. In scoring defense, they're 60th. They give up 31 points a game against Power 5 teams. Um, you know, again, Arkansas is not going to be able to take advantage of it. They're going to have a burr up their saddle, LSU will, for A&M because of last year. I mean, it was the – all the overtime game, but it was the after game fighting and stuff and mm-hmm. coaches mm-hmm. getting into it. So they'll probably be inspired, but this LSU defense is got some work to do. And their best friend is likely going to be the time off between the conference championship game and the playoff games. If they do make it to get some guys that are currently playing healthy because defensively, they are not good enough right now to beat an Ohio State or a Clemson. I'm not sure they're good enough to beat Georgia, although Georgia may not be able to score enough points in their own right. But this LSU defense is a problem. It's a big problem. And it's a big margin um, in Arkansas. I would imagine to play with a little bit of pride and uh, maybe make this game, I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit close for a while. We'll yeah. see, but uh, no, this is a it's a real problem. I think this is a game in which the LSU defense will look a little bit better because, quite <laughs> frankly, outside of a really good tight end, they don't have many answers and a good back. They don't have really many good answers, Arkansas, on offense. That's yeah, a shame. Um, but you mentioned the Tua situation. I can't get mad at Nick Saban for having him in the game. There, he said he wasn't going to play in the second half. That mm-hmm. was going to be his final possession of the game. I know they were up big, but. It, and people are saying, how much practice does he really need? Because Saban said he wanted to give him practice. Well, sometimes it's a live look at the two-minute drill situation because it might show up against Auburn. It might show up in, in another game. So why not give him a live look at a live defense, something that you can't simulate in practice when he's wearing the red jersey on? And he was going to come out of the game anyway at the half. Injuries happen in football. It's a fluke thing. 
I can't get on Nick Saban for leaving Tua in the game, Chris. No, but I tell you what, he's taking it hard. Um, spoke with him Sunday, and I spoke with a couple of members of staff. It's here's the thing. Um, first of all, medical staffs don't determine who can play, and players don't determine who can play. Only coaches can do that. Once the hurdle of the medical staff clearing a player and a player saying I'm good enough to go, then it's up to the coach. Tua didn't practice last week. I said, I don't know if I said it on this show. I know I did it on some of my other platforms and other podcasts um, that I would have sat down Tua because mm-hmm. I, I felt like their best chance was they're so directly tied, as we just talked about, to Tua and that offense that I'd want to give him maximum rest and healing time no practice, no play against Mississippi State. No practice, no play against Western Carolina. That gives them another two weeks of healing and rehab to begin practice for Auburn week. That's what. It, now, I'm not saying I would have done that to prevent this injury, but just to heal the ankle injury. That was the plan. He was going to sit to it, and he was talked into it. Apparently to his family wanted, whether it's a combination of proof to the pro scouts that he's durable, that it can play. He talked him into, and he's competitive, wants to be there with his team. And Nick, I think felt like maybe owed it to him. And I think he's kicking himself because in his instincts was to sit him last week. Yeah. Well, then they get into the game. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with it. But we saw it there again. Mac Jones is warming up. He had decided taking him out before the half. Mm-hmm. It was done. It would. It already you could see it's already done. To said, "Hey, something on one more series, and then we're going to practice." So Nick's not going to come out and say, "Well, I, you know, I." I wanted it. He's, he's going to take the bullet. He should. It's his decision. It falls on him. But he's kicking himself because his instinct was to not play him at all. And then his instinct was to take him out before that last series. And this happens. And so he's sick to his stomach more than I've ever seen him. And he's handling it well publicly. But he's feeling bad even more so because this is a severe injury. He's not going to be ready for the combine to be able to do anything physically. This is tough. It's tough for his future. And again, don't blame anybody. Nope. Nobody's fault, but you talk about buzzards luck. Um, and it's just a tough thing. And I think he feels because he did it for the kid. And because he did it for the kid, he ends up in his mind, and he hurt the kid. That's how yeah. he sees it. And that's that's where he's feeling really bad. But there's, again, there's, look, I mean, there's a lesson to be learned. But yet, I don't know that fundamentally you're right, that he did anything wrong other than maybe trust his gut. And, I mean, I want, I, I don't even feel right talking about it now because i certainly not second-guessing. I just would, on a, from a conservative standpoint, I would have started Mac Jones because here's what I think. I think they needed to get Mac Jones maximum work to get him ready because even if Tua comes back for Auburn, 
this is last week now, not this week. He's gone for the year, of course. That you need to have Mac ready to play because the chances of Tua finishing, I saw Tua come out of the LSU game gimpy. So I'm thinking I'm getting that guy as healthy as I can, and I'm going to let him heal and rehab, and I'm going to let Mac Jones take over the team and get as sharp as he can be because if we're going to get it done, we have to get it done with our offense. We have to have the plan with Mac. We have to get everything done that we can so that if he has to come in to start a game or to finish a game, to maximize. I thought that was the best game plan because I think this team relied on that. That's why I would have done that, but it, it, I'm not, it's not because, oh man, I thought he'd have this horrific injury that there's no way to know that. And uh, it's very, very unfortunate. And people will say it has nothing to do with it, but see, that's the thing you wonder, is he moving as fast? Is he escaping mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, good? Mm-hmm. Is that heaven? I mean, you know, it's not, again, nobody's fault, but it's just one of those things that there is no question that he's second-guessing himself more than he ever has. And I, I think he did what the, the, Urban Meyer, did you hear Urban Meyer this past week? He came out with something. He said something that I remembered very well. He's coaching at Florida. Tim Tebow gets concussed and the doctors cleared him, but they were getting ready to play LSU and urban said, I'm you're not playing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting you out this game. You're going to rest another week. And you know, he, he Tebow calls the fuss Tebow and his dad went to urban's house and ripped him. Who are you to say we can't play? He said, I'm the head coach. You're not playing. And they just worked him and worked him, and he played. Now, if you remember, that was the game that he went to Baton Rouge, and all, all the, the the LSU students got a hold of his cell phone number. And if you remember, T-Bull scored, and he kind of played like the cell. I mean, he beat him. He won. But the point was, players can kind of talk their way into it. And a lot of it in this day and age, when a guy does a lot for you and he's trying to convince you, it's the coach's decision. It's the coach's call. But – Sometimes you feel like, well, maybe we should get him more work. Maybe an assistant says, you know what? We're not really good at this. Maybe we need more work. It's a tough call, and it always is hindsight. If you go back and make a decision, of course, we'd all do things differently in our life. Yep. 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 That's just the way it is. It's a a terrible situation, and you feel bad for the kid who's dealt with injuries throughout his entire career, and he has such a promising future, and you hope that this doesn't uh, hurt him as far as that goes. Uh, But only time will tell, Chris. Let's talk about the game of the week, Penn State and Ohio State, which is a noon kickoff on Fox. It is the big noon kickoff game. Can Penn State do anything that can help them pull an upset here, or is this just Ohio State's game to lose? Well, I think that Penn State's best game, best performance could certainly cause some problems or certainly give Ohio State some challenges. Um, I think, for example, they've got speed and playmakers, particularly Hamler on offense, that they've been inconsistent getting the ball to. Uh, that's a little bit more speed than, say, a Wisconsin was able to put up against Ohio State. I think defensively, they've got speed to chase and pressure, maybe keep fields in the pocket. 
and cause some problems for Ohio State. So I do think there's talent, that athletic talent, that is better than anybody that Ohio State has played. And I think they're very capable with their best game to give them a really good battle. However, I just think Ohio State's better. I think they're deeper. I think they have more weapons. Um, and I just – we don't have a, a, a large sample size of Ryan Day in big games. I get that. But we do have it in James Franklin. And I, I just don't necessarily trust Penn State when they have the better team going into these games. With Ohio State being the better team at home – I'd be very surprised if Penn State won it. Uh, I just think Ohio State has been the best team. They've been the most consistent team, the most well-rounded team. Where Penn State goes into lulls in games, they're going to have to play a perfect game. They're going to have to play their best game. And even with that, I think they fall short here. How important is it for these teams this week to not avoid a letdown because it's a trap situation because next week, you know, it's rivalry week. There's big games all over the schedule. And a lot of these teams, especially in the top 25, are playing against, you know, soft opponents before they get ready for their big games next week. It's it's very important to, to avoid a letdown this week. Oh, sure. I mean, um, look, Michigan's on a nice little run. They better be ready to play Indiana or, you know, and it can't be looking ahead to Ohio State. Um, I, I think that's always a factor. I think certainly as it relates to to the maturity of a team, I think it depends. It's a bigger challenge when you've got a team that's a little younger, not as mature, uh, but it's always a challenge. I mean, I trap games are a real thing. I also think that they tend to be a little bit of a trap game because sometimes the matchups and the styles are not as good and you don't play with a great deal of focus. I think it does have an effect. So it is challenging. And listen, it could really mess up your season. Um, so, I mean, it's certainly not going to be the case for Ohio State. They've got mm-hmm. – it's a one Penn game. State, yeah. Everything's yeah. important. And they got Penn State. You know, it's not going to be a factor for Penn State. But I, I, I could see it a little bit for Michigan. Um, but, you know, the other the other games and the look-ahead possibilities, it would just be if, if you're a team that's maybe not as good um, and, and you struggle. Like – like, for example, if Minnesota comes out in a very sloppy fashion and just turns the football over and really helps Northwestern's offense out, that, you know, Northwestern's offense hasn't been really good. It's playing better. You go on the road. Uh, it's not a really big home field advantage, but you go on the road at Northwestern, you play poorly. That could really ruin things if you're Minnesota because mm-hmm. you got Wisconsin coming up and you still can win the West and go play in the big 10 championship game. You you, you at least want to have that shot against Wisconsin. You could come out, you know, after, you know, a big win and then a big loss, maybe thinking, Hey, we're Minnesota. We're playing better. We're better than Northwestern. And then could I see that maybe being a fourth quarter game if Minnesota plays poorly? And that could be, you talk about, you talk about throw uh, cold water on what's been a great season. It's still going to be a good season, but that is a game that Minnesota should absolutely win. I, I could see that happening, and no question about it. Um, you know, so I tell you what's a really a sneaky good game. You see a game like a uh, a, a Pitt Virginia Tech. This is mm. the two of the three game set. Virginia Tech and Virginia being the other. 
that's going to determine the coastal. And right now, quietly, Virginia Tech they're is playing, playing the best really ball good. in the coastal. Yep. Really so, good. you know, that's that's key here. I don't think that that fits in your category of an overlooked game, but no, I listen, I think it absolutely is is interesting. You know what's interesting too is we got some sprinkling of rivalry games already, like Cal Stanford's this week. UCLA USC's this week. Mm-hmm. But it's not rivalry week. You know, no, what I, mean? yeah, I get like, it. Yeah. It's it's like it's not it's rivalry. Got Texas, Texas, Texas Baylor this week, right? Um, right, but Ken- that's not that's not the traditional I'm no, talking about no. like you got like Washington, Washington State next week. Oregon, Oregon State next week. Uh-huh, Auburn, uh-huh. Alabama next week. Um, you know, but you got you got some of those games that well, Michigan, Ohio State next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got you got like Al Stanford, uh, uh, Purdue, Indiana next week. Uh, but uh, but you got the Cal Stanford, UCLA, USC because of the you know schedules, and then even old little Harvard, Yale this week. Mm-hmm. So we got we got mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a half of a rivalry week, if you if you will. Well, it's the final, you know, weeks of uh, November, and the games in November are the ones we remember, Chris, as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season here of this college. I I got to ask you this, though, right now, Uh uh, because I tell you how I see them inside the film. Give me, I'm sure you've thought about it, who do you think, uh, and you can go four, go at least four, but who do you think are the four best teams in the country right now? I think Ohio State's the most complete team in the country, so I would have them as the best. Uh, I think LSU offensively is just been incredible this year, and I can't get enough of their offense. We talk about it every single week, the way that, you know, the, the, the Joe Brady influence on that offense, for, they're going to the spread, and there's a reason why Joe Burrow is the Heisman favorite. But if I had to rank them right now, I think Ohio State's a little more complete because of how good they are defensively, you know, with Chase Young. Uh, I would go Ohio State one, I would go LSU two, and I would actually go Georgia three and Clemson four um, just because I know Georgia had the hiccup and, and their receivers hadn't looked that great, uh, but I trust this defense and special teams. You know, Rodrigo Blankenship can kick them from however deep you need to go. I think on all three phases of of the game, I think Georgia has the edge to me over Clemson right now. So that's and who why would you, I would. Who would you have at five and six right now? I would go Utah at five. Believe it or not, and 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 people might laugh at that, but I think this Utah team is just fantastic. They have their speed on defense is SEC quality, and maybe because they're on the the, the West Coast and it's Pac twelve, and not a lot of not a lot of people are watching them. They are a special team, Chris, and, and I think that they're going to show the nation come Pac twelve title game time when they in my opinion beat oregon easily that they are for real and they're a team that should have been taken seriously all year and six you have right now six i would have alabama and then oregon behind them okay okay so if not to put words in your mouth projecting out you would i would put utah i would put utah in the college football playoff at number four <clears throat> utah if they would... win when they win well in, in my opinion i think they beat oregon handedly so a double-digit win over Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, and then let's say LSU does beat Georgia in the in the in the SEC title game, I would have Utah as my fourth team. Utah, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State. Okay, that yeah, would interesting. Be my four. That and would be my four. And that's in that scenario would be hard to keep Utah out, even though they're out of conference schedules, not 
mm-hmm. good that would be uh, certainly a statement if they're able I'm to just blow telling out you, Chris, I'm just telling you Chris that, I mean first of all Kyle Whittenham is one of the best coaches in the country but they're de- defensively they are a special <clears throat> team they really are they are no, fast true. they 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 gang tackle they run to the ball I just I watch them I watch them all these weeks because I'm picking them a lot on these Saturdays and I'm watching them and they're just to me they don't they don't look like a Pac-12 team. They look no, like an SEC team. They're really good, and uh, I don't think many people give them respect. The defensive line is outstanding. The secondary is very good. They they are defensively match up with the best teams in the country. And I remind folks, as we're going to talk about injuries and who's there not there, that Zach Moss was not there for the USC game. They've got a really good quarterback. They've got an emerging tight end. This Utah team is very, very good, and they are deserving of being in the mix. And the fact that people dismiss a Utah on an Oregon when you know they haven't watched them play, mm-hmm. and you look at how good Oregon's offensive line is and how good, how much better the defense is, and you know, Vardell is a really good back, and we know about Justin Herbert, but not many people know. And Hundley and how good of a quarterback he is. And, and Moss, they're not real deep, but Moss is one of the best backs in the country. Yep. And so, yeah, they're really, and they're really going to open up eyes, Chris. They're going to open if they have the performance that I think they're capable of against Oregon in the Pac 12 title game, nationally televised, they're going to open up eyeballs. Because people are going to be like, wow, we thought Oregon was this really good team with potential number one overall pick, Justin Herbert, and, and, and they just got blown out. I think that's going to mm-hmm. open up a lot of eyes. Yeah, there's no question about it, and uh, and certainly would would have the the issue of, uh, of of making a strong claim. Anyway, interesting to see. A lot of football left, folks. Don't panic. And I know. Um, hope that uh, listen. We we like bringing it to you from a national perspective, uh, all around the country. And uh, I, I I think that if the one thing I don't like the quote unquote make statements. To put team, I, I just think there's a lot of good players and a lot of good teams that, quite frankly, a lot of people don't know as much about as they do in their region of the country. And uh, anyway, encourage folks to to watch teams like that and make your own judgment. But uh, you know, have a reason why you don't think a team is very good. But Scott, all we get is a lot of well, they haven't played anybody. <laughs> Fill in the blank. They hadn't played anybody. Fill in the blank to say they hadn't played anybody. It's like. You know, it's at some point, it's you got to have more than that. You got to be able to watch some of it because the reality is, you know, not many of these teams at the top have played one another, and some teams have played a little bit better schedules. It doesn't not doesn't necessarily tell you who's the best. It's going to be real interesting the rest of the way. I, I think we're headed towards an intriguing finish. I don't think there's going to be a huge surprises, but I think there'll be some subtle surprises and it may come out of the Pac-12 in who emerges there and how impressive they are or are not. And, you know, I think it's going to kind of write itself because Alabama's going to prove it or not against Auburn. Georgia's going to play their way in or out. And certainly the Pac-12 is going to be decided by who finishes the deal out there. I, I think that's where this season is headed. And assuming that everyone else takes care of business, but, you know, will Ohio State get tripped up? That could throw, um, you know, uh, upset the apple cart. And who does it? Because if it's Michigan, they're not in it. But if it's Penn State or Minnesota, 
they are in it still. So a lot of football left. I think we have a pretty good idea out there. Who are the contenders? Who are the pretenders? But it's getting to the finish line, and we've, um, you know, <laughs> we're, we're headed for home in the stretch run, and this will be a lot of fun. So, Chris, what can fans find on LandryFootball.com this week, then? Well, we are obviously got all the podcasts, but all the film room breakdowns of these games, review the games after they're played, but coaching search work. And listen, once we put these games to bed in the conference championships, oh, it will get ready for all the bowl action. And we got recruiting in, in December that we were going to finalize how the classes are shaken up. But everything from what's going on in coaching search world, the openings that have already opened, the ones that I think are going to open, we got you on top of that, all that information and all the latest film room breakdowns. That's why you want to become a member of LandryFootball.com to get you inside the game, to view it from a coaching and scouting perspective. That's what we do for you. So check us out today. Got a, 50% discount during the season. So we think you'll love it. Check it out and uh, join us today. Can't. Follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. Follow me at Scott's and subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from. And we'll be back next week to break down the latest rankings and get you set up for Rivalry Week. Until then, Chris, take it easy. And hey, look forward to it, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.